You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe, hit that like button, and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Leah Merrill here with Steve Peters, and Craig Morgan is joining us live from Gila River Arena, where he thought he would never have to be again. Yet he, there he <laughs> is. There he is again. And look at the difference if you're watching on video right now. Craig in this drab room, and Petey and I have yeah. have decorated this space. Sorry to the audio listeners. Sorry. For that off the bat. <laughs> it's draft lottery day. This is honestly what we started August 4 was for today. This is it. This is it. This is the moment. How are you Craig's, feeling? Craig's not here. Craig, you got champagne there? Because we've got champagne. Oh, here. nobody. I'm I'm in the bowels of Gila River Arena. <laughs> like like Leah said, I never thought I'd be here again, but I, I came back one more time because Bill Armstrong's gonna talk. I don't even get a beautiful backdrop for you guys of the arena of the ice. I'm not even sure there's ice because I didn't check. But I got to be close to the interview room, and then I want to get back here to talk to you guys after uh, availability with Bill N. So here I am with this uh, really sexy backdrop. <laughs> Looking good. Well, how's everyone feeling? Let's do a pulse check to start us off. You know, it goes back and forth. Do I feel lucky? I was going to wear lucky socks, and then I remember the last time I won my, wore my lucky socks, the team lost. So I didn't do anything. Nothing out of the ordinary. Is this the year? Is this the year they finally win it? I don't know. It's just hard to believe. And I feel like the consensus of Coyotes fans, at least on Twitter today, from what I saw, is just everybody's so used to expecting disappointment that nobody's expecting any less. Although, I will say the results of the poll, the winning poll for which pick the Coyotes fans think think the Coyotes are going to land, number one was the winning answer, and then number four was the second. So everyone was either very optimistic or keeping their expectations managed. Yeah, I was surprised actually to see so many people saying number one. I was getting a lot of pessimism today. And, and maybe I primed people with yesterday's story about all their rotten luck. But, I, you know, I thought I came back and gave them some hope <laughs> that it didn't matter as much. By the way, somebody just asked where your crystals are, Leah. So I oh, forgot oh, that. Oh, oh, don't It's already a point okay. of stress for me. I forgot the crystals. I did remember the champagne, however, but... <laughs> Whatever we you win Champagne, some beer. Some. We got your wine from Nashville here. We're all ready. Yeah, Craig wishes he was in the studio with us. Man, that's the truth. That is the 
<laughs> you have no idea how much I wish I were there instead of here. <laughs> I'm back in Glendale, and I never thought I'd be back. So I'm going to call it. I'm going to say this is the last time that I'll be at Gila River Arena. Least okay. Look at AJ. AJ from DNVR jumping in to watch the draft lottery because apparently Colorado's not too excited about, about the, draft the draft lottery. lottery. Yeah, <laughs> maybe out, one day. Yeah, they're already sitting at home. <laughs> they might even get a couple rounds of golf in before they play the second round of their playoff games. Good lord. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, the draft lottery, we have it up on the TV. So if you see us looking up to the top right, it's because we're glancing at the TV to see what's going to happen. We talked about it yesterday a little bit on our show about how it's a little it's more confusing this year than in years past. And that's because there's not one draw, but there's actually two. And nobody can really give a fully clear answer. But we have in the last 24 hours kind of come to understand it more. So PD, you had a good grasp on it. Can you explain what well, is happening in the next 20 minutes? So if you're a Coyote fan right now, the first thing we're going to look at is they're going to start opening envelopes for 16, 15, 14, and on down. What you want as a Coyote fan early is to see those top three teams not fall in order, meaning you don't want to see Vegas, Vancouver, Winnipeg, because if one of those is out of place, that means the worst the Coyotes do, they've already moved up a spot, and the worst they can do is third. So, yeah, it matters. These first envelopes matter. doesn't mean they're going to win, um, but but it means they move no worse than third if those top three don't fall into place. Um, those teams, 16 through 12, if they win the first lottery, they can only jump 10 spots, in which case they'd go to anywhere from six to two, and then Montreal automatically gets the first overall pick. So two draws. We'll see. Can, and we've said this before, but and I was talking to other writers about this today how is it possible that we are on the eve of the nhl draft lottery and it's still unclear really how it all works <laughs> why why isn't there something out there from the league that just lays it all out why do we have to go through all these machinations to try and figure out how the draft lottery actually works i don't get it because this is the NHL, and I feel like the NHL loves to operate that way. Yeah, because when you look at and we talked about the Montreal Canadiens, their odds are 18 point whatever, 18.3. But, 18.5. but <laughs> again, if Vegas, Vancouver, all the way up to Columbus wins, Montreal automatically gets the first pick. So it's not 18.3%. It's more like 25.6%. Because if any of those other teams win, Montreal still gets the first pick. So mm -hmm. Montreal has a one in four chance of getting the overall pick. And right now we're still saying that's potentially Shane Wright. So we'll see. Yeah. Yep. And as, as draft guru, Chris Peters told us, maybe you don't want to be in that spot this year, because if you're in the number one spot, you're basically pressured into taking Shane Wright, whether you're fully confident that he's the number one overall pick or not in a, and this is a year where a lot of draft analysts, a lot of scouts, a lot of executives will tell you, there's a tightly packed group of players. There's not a lot of difference between them. I see you guys looking at it, by the way. So you got to tell me if something's going on. Because no, they're, they're just, just introducing show, all the GMs. They're just showing right all now. the GMs in their various locations. And but it's Craig, that brings I, up a point because you talk about the Coyotes having so many picks in the first few rounds. Do you see any chance that they either trade up or trade down? They they package. Let's say let's say it's fourth, and they package the fourth, Jacob Chikrin, a second round pick to get the number one pick. Or conversely, they get the number one and go, hey, somebody want the number one? We'll take next year's number one, next year's first and a second and whatever that is to move backwards in the draft. Do you think either of those is a possibility? 
I'd be surprised. I, st- I think they still want a really good player at the top of this draft, and you need to be in that top like seven or so to get what you think is a, you know, not not necessarily a franchise player, although nobody really knows, and we won't know for three to five years, but a really good player that's going to help your team. I think they they worked very hard to get in this position, and can you imagine selling that to the fan base? <laughs> you waited all year to get into the draft lottery. Yeah, we've decided to trade down. Sorry. You won't get a pick yet. You have no idea. We're, we're gonna we're gonna pick up the fifteenth pick in the draft, and you just have to wait and see. Yeah, and I think you talk about it. You know, it's so hard to judge players at this age, but as a whole, when you look back at number one overall picks in history, I mean, these are players that are household names to everyone, and obviously, a lot of them are obvious, and they were the consensus in their years: Ovechkin, Crosby, Patrick Kane, Austin Matthews. But you know, you you look at number one overall picks in history and those are the players that make an impact that are, you know, maybe not franchise players, but huge parts of franchises, possible hall of famers, um, you know, stuff like that. So you have a way better chance in that number one than any of the others. I know this year it's up for debate, but at least maybe, maybe Bill Armstrong doesn't feel pressure to take Shane Wright. If he and his scouting staff have spent all this time all year and they feel really confident about someone else. I just, from what I know about Bill and I don't know what's going on in in their room and their scouting room, but I don't know. Do you feel like Bill and the scouting staff would be pressured to take someone or do you think they'll take who they truly believe is the top player? Yeah. I I, I've got the sense from Bill that, he has got a vision for what this team's going to look like in the future and what he wants and what fits into a quote unquote Bill Armstrong team. I don't think Bill Armstrong and his staff is going to say, well, if it's not Shane Wright, if he's not the guy, they're not going to pick him. I mean, I think they've got a clear vision of what they want. And believe me, there are some players that are in that top three that fit what Bill Armstrong's looking looking for. That The Slovakian kid, that slur. So I got to even look at Slavkovsky, <laughs> Slavkovsky, you're a Slavkovsky, six foot three, 240 pounds. That's a Bill Armstrong player. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think they'd be afraid if they get the number one pick. Is that a guaranteed pick that it's a chain rate? I don't think it is. Yeah, I think in, in your point, Petey, I, I want to you guys both make good points that I want to get back to um, size. Let's keep that in mind. If they don't get the first overall pick, where are the Coyotes going to go with it? I have to wonder if we're going to see it be one of those. Slavkovsky, maybe one of those D, or maybe even if if people really feel like Cutter Gauthier is rising that much, all of those guys have size. Bill Armstrong likes a big team. That was the team that they built in St. Louis. So keep that in the back of your mind if they don't get the number one overall pick for where where they might be leaning with that pick. Going back to something you said, Leah, um, it's an underrated part of the Coyotes saga. A lot of people will talk about unstable ownership, uh, management that didn't have enough money or enough patience from ownership to do what it wanted to do. Those are definitely factors here, right? And the the Coyotes haven't drafted well. They haven't drafted well enough in the past. But one of the things that gets overlooked all the time, and you guys remember when we had Arpan Basu on the show, is that they've never picked in the top two, not just top one, the top two. That surprises a lot of people when they hear it. Still, when I tell them, like, how is it possible that the Coyotes of all franchises missing the playoffs most of the years out here have not picked in the top two? Luck has something to do with this as well, and the Coyotes had not had a lot of it. And where do you get those game-changing players? You get them in the top two picks. Like Leah said, you have to get a couple of those picks in order to turn your franchise around. 
is that I look at Edmonton hasn't done enough. Maybe they're not the best example or Toronto for that matter, but Toronto's on a great run. Everybody's looking at Toronto. Oh my God, look, they did it the right way. What are we saying about them? If they didn't get Austin Matthews, what shape are the Toronto Maple Leafs in? If they didn't get lucky and win the draft lottery that year, granted they had the worst record, but as we've seen many times, it doesn't mean you get the top overall pick. The odds aren't that great. So it changes the entire narrative around your franchise. Some of it is unfair. Luck plays a major role in all of this. It really does. You look at the Pittsburgh Penguins, for example. I think they're the perfect example of a team that luck completely changed the path of their entire franchise. The, the 2005 draft lottery where they won first and they picked Sidney Crosby and it completely changed the whole trajectory of that franchise. So if this is the beginning of luck for the Coyotes, then I hope that this is well, this is the beginning. I know I just repeated myself, but, but I think we want if we can have number one this year. And the thing I get worried about is if we if the Coyotes have number one this year, will they not have number one next year? It doesn't mean that they can't. It, there, yeah. there is a rule that they can't have it twice more, more than, than twice, twice in a five year period. But if you're going to get it this year and next year, we'll take it. But I think, and we've talked about this over and over and over again. You look at the Chicago Blackhawks that win the Stanley Cup. You look at Pittsburgh Penguins win the Stanley Cup. You look at Colorado Avalanche now that it's a team on the precipice. They all had draft success, not once, but at least twice. So, yeah, they can have it. Let's get it this year. And then, you know what, worry about next year, next year. But I think you're going to have to have two successful drafts to really catapult this team into the future. And you know what? I, you can see it in the chat, Craig. Maybe you can't, or can he? Can you see? Yeah, it I can see chat? it. I can people see it. People are all. pretty excited, and people are actually getting nervous. People right are now. nervous, and I do want to address the chat. Bill Daly is on the stage yes. right now. So Bill Daly currently is standing in front of a table with a stack of cards. Here we go. And that is the image that haunts Coyotes <laughs> fans <laughs> oh. for for many many years. But I do want to acknowledge everyone in the chat. First of all, thank you so much for being here with us. If you're watching on Twitter, head over to PHNX Sports on YouTube so you can comment with us live and also hit the like button while you're here. But there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of, you know, people seeing them come out. Oh, my gosh. Now the things are falling from the ceiling with here the one go. through ten. <laughs> He's holding number 16. 16 OK, so oh, stuff boy. is happening. Bill Daly is holding number 16. Vegas. Vegas. So, so Vegas, Vegas did not move. at 16. All hey, right. watch this, guys. I'm actually going to move my gold-plated uh, platform from my computer here and get a view of the TV myself. Look at this. Look at you, Craig. Woo! So uh, that is first two Buffalo. Yep. So Sean, producer Sean will be happy about Buffalo getting the 16th pick. All right. Yep. Bill Daly is now coming with 15. 15. We'll see if anyone Vancouver. moves. Vancouver. Vancouver holds. So so far, it's yeah. holding serve. You want to talk about a team that has had lousy lottery luck, too. The Vancouver Canucks have had terrible luck throughout Although you could argue when they got Elias Pettersson in that draft where the first two picks didn't pan yeah. out as well, you know. Yep. All right, number 14. This is rolling. It's going. Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Winnipeg did not they move all held either. Serve, so this means the Coyotes still could get fourth. Yes, it, it so far. Move up. So, so far, it means. You, everybody's holding serve. Wow, this is going quick. <laughs> it's going. It's going. Well, here we are. Okay, 13, Bill Daly. And we can't hear him, but Supposed we can see him. The, the Islanders, Islanders, the they Islanders. stay. They stay at number 13. So nothing, no movement yet. And next up? Next up will be Columbus. 12. Yes. Columbus, if it falls in order. Columbus is sitting in the 12th spot now, so we'll have to wait for their envelope. Do they hold serve? 
Columbus, Columbus. Hold This is I'm oh so boy. like my heart is pounding out of my chest right now. So we're down to the top eleven. <laughs> this now. is so so. This is where somebody can steal number one. So now we're in the yeah. The the new rule was that a team couldn't move more than ten spots. So you know the twelfth could only get the second. Eleven. San Jose. San Jose hold, serve at eleven. Staying yep. at eleven. Sean, wow. do you have that graphic that you have with the top? 10 are you are you guys on some kind of delay or something because i'm i'm at 10 i've, I've already got number 10 anaheim this well, is weird. okay well, well don't give it away <laughs> to us man anaheim oh the chat's even ahead of us yeah, Sean, yeah. yeah. i think yeah. i'm gonna start narrating here yeah that's the one all right so you guys are behind for some reason i can't okay, well don't it give it away craig the chat might give it away buffalo do the buffalo sabers get more luck yeah i'm ahead of you guys what the heck? What is our yeah. TV then? All Detroit right. at number eight. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. Detroit's at number eight. Yep. You guys, why are you guys behind? This is weird. I don't know. We're on cable. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I can watch on our GM Saul is sitting next to us. I can use his phone. The number seven right. pick goes to the Ottawa Senators. All right. Yep. Number eight. eight. Is Detroit seven is Ottawa. Seven is Ottawa. All right. So we're Everything's holding. holding. I don't Holy know. shit. So does this mean that the Coyotes are oh, going to boy. get number six? At number two? Da, da, da. Oh my gosh. I'm so nervous. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. They have not moved up. Wow. Chicago. So we've did got not Ottawa move. and Chicago. They have not moved up. So we're down to the final five. Remove one conspiracy theory with the Blackhawks. Yeah. So we're at final seriously. five. It's supposed to be New Jersey here. Devils are on the clock right now. We got Craig? we got the faster feed right here, PD. <laughs> okay. Number five. Number five. The Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, here we go. New Jersey. And... No. Wow. This is insane. Sucks to suck. Chicago says AJ. Everyone. So five... Everyone's really happy that Chicago stayed. I think. That's a consensus among. Sorry, CHGO, you that you four. didn't get to move Number up. Number four. This is a big one here. We're still on five over here. Seattle Kraken at number four. Seattle. The Coyotes will pick in the top three. So All right. So the Arizona guaranteed. Coyotes are officially guaranteed. picking in the top three. This is exciting. This is really exciting. We'll see. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So go. what will it be? Everyone in the so chat. So is Jersey give picking your first picks. or second? Jersey, Arizona, and Montreal. So Jersey's so, first or you know, second. Yep. Again, come on. So it can't be Arizona. So Seattle is four. So wow, New Jersey. Craig, you got the New number Jersey three. Also no, has a lot of luck. They always take a break before the final three. This is oh how they take a break gosh. before the final. This is it. Holy <laughs> shit! New Jersey is another one of those teams that has moved up far too often, in my opinion, and done. They have. Yes. Arizona commercial. The Devils have Rude. won something, but we don't know if it's the first or the second. And oh so, my gosh. The Coyotes still have an opportunity for a first. This is the longest we've hung in this for a long... 2015, it was over by now. Everybody's terrified of... Everybody's terrified that you, it's going to be number three again. Do you have the, the most recent lottery winners? Do you have the, the most recent lottery winners? History of lottery winners? Most recent lottery winners? We will eventually. We will in a second. So we need Montreal to be that if, is correct. Montreal, we need Montreal to be three. Montreal has to be number three or it's going to be us. Correct. Correct. It can't be New Jersey. That is correct. Yep. Because New Jersey is either <laughs> first or second. So the next pick, if it comes up as Montreal, All right. This, then so we're this, first. So this is the moment every postgame show, 82 postgame yeah. shows, where we would look at the standings. Then we would have jumped to first. By the way, if you can Holy hear, that's, our, that's Saul Bookman so really in the, the next third chair right the here. Next, the next card tells it all. 
This is this is it. This is going to be it. They might actually present the envelopes in the reverse order now for one, two, three. They might put up the first overall next. I think that's the way they did it when the Edmonton Oilers won. Like they they alternated because of just what you said, Saul. If 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 yeah, because New Jersey would have had to be first or second, and if they're second, that means Montreal is first. Oh no! There we go. No, here's our lottery history. Okay, so yeah, here's the history of the lottery in the last 10 years. So this year, we don't know. Last year, Buffalo had the, was the number one seed, had the number one pick in 2020. Detroit was the number one seed, but the Rangers had the number one pick. So you can see here, um, there's a lot of movement, not a ton of consistency. It was really only 2021 and 2018 that it stayed. And of course, both times were Buffalo. Sean's behind the Mac fist pumping, but Sean, how are the Sabres doing today? I don't know. They're on an yeah, upward. They they're the on an upward oh, trajectory. The I, eighth, I don't want to roast you too badly. box right now, <laughs> lining up for a <laughs> par four. This is the longest commercial break of all time. Oh no, they play this one. They do this every year. They build the drama for the. But final again, the other thing that it shows, though, if you look at those picks, and again, how many franchise-changing players, and how many of those players are in the playoffs? And I know you can't count Owen Power. He literally played soon. a handful of games too soon. Lafreniere playoffs. Um, and making an impact. Matthews, McDavid, Ekblad, McKinnon. So you got to, I mean, it takes time for these guys once they get drafted to get their team into the playoff path and the playoff mode. So even if this falls to number one for the Coyotes, that doesn't mean it they're doesn't, in the playoffs but I think year. Coyotes but fans are. I think are... this is the start of yeah. getting them to go, the playoffs. Here we go, guys. We're back. Oh, here okay. we go. I think, I think okay. This is it. Oh, everybody ready? Everybody got their champagne and it's or the Coyotes. Phoenix. Oh. The Coyotes will pick third. Craig. Oh, uh, all right. Coyotes. Look at Bill on TV. Coyotes picking at number three, which is Coyote. Wah, historically. That's not been good. Uh, I feel deflated. I, I mean, top three, great. Well, hurry. <laughs> but again, Craig and I, once this, once we wrap this up, we start talking about Coyotes and their top three picks over history. Craig? The Coyotes yeah. have picked third before. And as a reminder to everybody watching this, who have the Coyotes picked third before? Dylan Strom, Kyle, Kyle Turris. And we Both all know how great those picks Montreal. worked out. <sighs> Montreal, who was in the Stanley Cup final a year ago. A year ago. A year ago, and now they're picking first, first overall. So put your tinfoil hats tin on. Tinfoil hats on. Draft <laughs> is in Montreal, Canadian city. Montreal is the first pick at home in their own building. The Montreal Canadiens win the draft lottery. The New Jersey Devils win the second spot. And your Arizona Coyotes are drafting third. <sighs> Champagne bottles on hold for another year. <laughs> That's so sad. We had we had whistles. We had this clappy thing we were all excited i mean top three is better than nothing and and let's bring it back to positive like craig said like he said in his story today at gophnx.com but it's not the year necessarily this isn't the bedard year there's a lot there's not a ton of difference between one and four maybe you don't know that you do have a better chance at one and two the positives are going to get a good player three. There is absolutely no. But can't they win the goddamn thing once? Like Never. Again? Like, <laughs> you got that sense. And I, I don't. Like, again? 
Like you just gotta look. Can we? Can we just? Can we hold serve? Can we stay where we're supposed <laughs> to be once? Can we do that? Can that be a, a little moral victory for us? Like a coyote fan, every single time they gotta fall backwards. Like we were, we worked as a group at PHNX all year for today. I mean, we knew it was a rebuild. We knew it from <laughs> August. We knew it every game we sat here eight to one ass kicking. We knew it losing ten straight. We knew this. This is what we were waiting for. Like can't they win this one? And they can't. This is so, all because they went to overtime in that one game. Well, but they, they came back from three deficits of three-plus goals in the final four games of the season. You're right. They got five points in those two you know, those three games when they should have got zero. Had they got the zero, they'd be picking, picking Shane second. Wright right now. Worse, they're picking second. And that's and again, when I, I will go back, we can listen to the show. I said at that time, everybody that's jumping up and down and all happy that they won the game, remember that on May 10th. Yeah, because I'm remembering. Be I important. think I might have been one of those people. And I'm remembering. Do you care now that they beat the St. Louis Blues? Or went to overtime St. Louis Blues and beat Nashville, Minnesota? No, no one cares. You uh, wanted to pick first. And you didn't. Now, that's oh the boy. negativity. We cleansed that and cleared it. The good news, and the good news honestly is there are really good players in this draft, in the top three. And I think it is the top three that are, are separate from everybody. We've talked about Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, and we talked about this year of Southkowski. And, and if if things go according to Hoyle, meaning everybody's the predictions, this year of Slavkowski, I've talked to people around the league that say this guy could actually, could be a number one. Like he's six foot three, 240, and he fits what Bill Armstrong's doing. And right now, if you take it across all predictions and platforms. He's a guy that's going to fall potentially to number three. And I think that's a win for the Coyotes. I really do. I think that's a positive. If they can get Slavkovsky now at the three spot, I think that's a great pick for this team. And I think that's a building block that gets them through in the future. So I think this is good news, and we're going to leave it at that. It could be, Petey. It really could. When you look at this draft, if, if, if listen, if, if they can get lucky next year, they're – Chris Peter said this in my story. He thought not only uh, Connor Bedard, who's supposed to be a, a franchise center, there are at least three people at the top of that draft that he said he'd rather have a crack at than anybody at the top of this draft. Mm. So maybe this is the year that you want to fall. But, you know, everybody's sitting back thinking, yeah, that's OK, Craig. We're not going to win next year either because the Coyotes never win anything. Well, we'll see. At some point, the law of averages has to play in the Coyotes' favor, doesn't it? They're going to be in a similar position again next season. Maybe they'll get lucky, but I agree with you, Petey. I think they're going to get a good player. None of us is really going to know for three to five years if it's the best player or one of the best players in the draft. But they are tightly packed. They're going to get a good player. And as I said earlier, knowing Bill's pedigree, I, I'm, I'm looking for size. I think they're going to go size with this pick. I just can't believe like the deja vu moment that I'm having right now from 2015. This is almost the same thing that happened. The teams in 2015 and this team finished within a point of each other. They both were projected to have higher picks than they got. They both are going to pick and did pick third in the NHL draft. I hope that's where the similarities stop because that number three pick was Dylan Strom. And this is not anything against Dylan Strom because we've talked about this before. We're at the time when they picked Dylan Strom. He was a large consensus the third best player in that draft. You look back at that draft, who was taken right after Dylan Strome 
at number four was Mitch Marner for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He, you know, Mitch Marner plays on a line with Austin Matthews. What's to say that Mitch Marner would have amazing success in Arizona? But, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this in the last week. It, hindsight's twenty twenty. I just... It just feels so deflating to again and again and again. And then look at New Jersey, who's had all this random lottery luck, too. And New Jersey hasn't wasn't really any good this year. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah but but here's here's the difference from the last time that the Coyotes picked third, the Dylan Strom year. That year for the entire season, it was McDavid and Eichel. That was it. And it was 1-2 McDavid, 2 was Eichel the entire season. No question. That was it. 3 was a drop-off. Three was a drop off, I, and 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 again, what we're going to focus on now here at PHNX from now until July eighth is getting the best people on our show that are going to tell us who these picks are. And start starts tomorrow with Corey Pronman, yep. who puts out a list, watch draft, draft. He knows these prospects. He watches all these players. He is going to be on our show live tomorrow, and we're going to ask him who falls to three. And I think this is the perfect opportunity. So from now to July. You're going to know as a as a Coyote hockey fan what's out there, what it's going to do for this team in the future. Is it right? Is it Cooley or is it Slavkovsky? And again, that's three names. And when it was Eichel McDavid, it was two names. Yep. There's right. three names now. This is Slavkovsky. I'm telling you, he, he came on late. Yep. This is the guy I'd love to see the Coyotes get at three. I'd love yep. it. And worst case then, if he doesn't, it's right or Cooley dropping to three. Yeah, so, and that's the thing, though, too. When you look at uh, what New Jersey has um, at the center position, are they really going to go Cooley? I don't, I'm not sure New Jersey is going to pick Cooley when they've got a couple players already at the top of their depth chart at the center position. So he may not be there. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I want to go back to something. Can you, Sean, can you bring the Dave Henning comment back for a moment? He just commented a couple ago. Uh, I want to talk about what he just put up on the screen because uh, it's it's a good point. Um, there is there are odds of their odds of moving up and, and getting the first or second were lower than their chances of being fourth, which is a drop. And this is something that I addressed in that story two days ago. How the hell is that even possible? Why are the odds of you moving down from your draft slot, the position in the standings greater than your chances of moving up or even holding damn serve? That makes no sense. The NHL draft lottery still needs many tweaks. That is completely illogical when you look at that at face value. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's just the story of the life of the Coyotes. It's just it's just how it's been. It's so beyond like anything that I could even put into words that this just keeps happening again and again. However, however, all of that can be erased if one year from today, the Coyotes are winning the draft lottery and we are preparing for Connor Bedard to come to the desert. So who knows? Again, I said it at the start. I'd rather not pick number one this year and pick number one next year. I know one doesn't prelude another. But if we have to keep sacrificing to the hockey gods somehow, hockey gods, I don't know what else you want. Please, please let us know because yeah. there's been Seriously. so much that Coyotes fans have had to suffer through and it just feels unfair at times. Oh, but man, yeah, that Connor Bedard in 2023. Let's start coming up with, uh, with some phrases. I see hashtag regard for Bedard. I I had one. It was uh, what was it? Something for Connor, cooling for Connor. No, that was cooling for Cooley. I don't know. Give us your tank for. Yeah, people are saying it's because I forgot my crystals. Just start talking tank already. <laughs> well, we got another year of this. So are we, is this what's happening? We're blaming Leah because she forgot her crystals. 
Is that what's going on here? Hard for Bedard, bad for Bedard. AJ said next year's third pick will be better than right. So even if this happens next year, AZ is all good. That's a good point, AJ. Thank you, AJ, from DNVR Avalanche, who has... Isn't watching Avalanche hockey these days because they just swept no, the National Predators. They're so. on vacation for a couple. Of days. <laughs> nice. Thank and you. I just looked at you. Looked at the Devils' centers right now. Their center depth, it's all kids under twenty-five. They're young. Yeah. They're small, and they're quick and high energy and high skill. Do they need another Logan? I'm no. not Logan Cooley. Do they need another Shane Wright? Logan Cooley is that the player they need? I, I no. There is a chance that those guys that we've been talking about one, two all season could be there at three for the Coyotes. They really could. That's yeah, true. we'll see. I still think Shane Wright's going number one overall. I'm not sure who's going number two. I I, I don't think with New Jersey in that slot, it's going to be uh, Logan. Yeah, I Cooley. think Montreal. I think you're right. I think he's taking that Montreal takes Shane. They need Wright. centers. They need centers. Yep. They need center. Yeah. Then and that's yeah. It's the consensus number one pick for the entire season. He's going to be picked first by the Montreal Canadiens. And then I don't know. Slavkovsky could go to Jersey. I could see that. And then then we talk about Logan Cooley, a player that that. Um, Chris Peters had talked about being a potential one at some point falls to three. So again, sucks that they didn't win. There's going to be a good player there for three. There will. And there's something to be excited about. You've still got Gunther doing what he's doing. You've got, we've already talked about the college free agents or not free agents, college players they picked up at the end of the season. How many roadrunners played on this team last year? How many defensemen they have under the age of 25? Like it's the start. And I know the next thing on your calendar as a Coyote fan is circle that July 7th through 9th draft and start getting ready to see who yep. the hell they're going to pick. Uh, I want to read. We got a super chat from Faisal. Thank you so much. They said, I need an IPA, and so does Craig. I think we all could use a drink <laughs> after this one. How poor plenty. That's what happens with an afternoon show. It just snuck up on us. I've got water here. Where's our beer and wine and, and all that? You know, I don't know. It is, should... Isn't it funny how fast it goes, too? Because I've, I've been prepping all day for this, and then bang, it's over just like that. Yeah, speaking then... of that, can we see one of the graphics we had? And we've had so many, and we didn't get to use any of them. Let's, can we see the top number three picks over the last 20 years? Yes. Like These are the top players that were picked at three. And I will say this. So you're talking Jonathan Taves was picked at, at, at three. Leon Dreisaitl, MVP, leads the league in scoring. Jonathan Huberdu carrying his team in the playoffs right now. Miro Heiskanen, one of the most dynamic, exciting defensemen for the Dallas Stars right now. And Jay Bomeister, I put him in there just for his longevity and his the <laughs> amount of games that he actually played. But, but and you ran out of guys, right? players at three. <laughs> you ran out of guys after Miro Heiskanen. Well, then we got into the Matt Duchesne, Good Branson, Bogosian. Jack Johnson, like that was tough. Those top four are pretty damn yeah. good players. Yep, no doubt. I mean, well, it, well it, damn good. They win. Jonathan Taves wins cups, and he's a captain of the team. And and Leon Dreisaitl, looking at that draft, I don't know. He could have even gone higher than he did in that one. Yeah, that was Sam Reinhart. Eric drafted. Yeah, it was Aaron Eckblad's draft in fourteen. And look what Huberto did with Florida this year. So there's there's a lot of good hope in yeah, this you think, image. You think Edmonton? Edmonton? That was the that was the 2011 draft. Yeah. Where it was Huberto at third, Gabriel Landeskog at two. They didn't win the lottery. Who won the lottery that year? Edmonton Oilers with the Nuge, Ryan Nuge and Hopkins. Do you think Ryan <laughs> knew, but would you take Landeskog, Huberto, or Nuge and Hopkins if you had a redraft right now? Well, he'd fall to three. So yeah. again, you just don't know. And they lost the lottery that year, and everybody was disappointed. And, and Colorado ends up with Landeskog. I think they're fine. And I think this, I think this is gonna. They're gonna look back 
at this draft, this in this redraft, I'm telling you, well, I'm going to call it today, and we'll put it in the archive, put on the time code, that four years from now, they're going to go, oh, the Coyotes got the really good pick here. They sh- if they redrafted, the Coyotes pick would go first. I'm telling you, there's still things to be excited about right now. Okay, I like positive I, when positive PD comes. Positive, positive PD. We, we need shirts that say positive PD, actually. But <laughs> just more to the point, like, again, this is not... This is not the year where Patrick Kane's at the top of the draft. This is not the year where Connor McDavid is at the top of the draft where you look and say, oh, God, Dylan Strome, Kyle Turris. No, it's, it's again, there's not that franchise player at the top of this draft. Shane Wright looks like he's going to be a good player, probably a number one center. But, again, they're so tightly packed that you just don't know. So you can't get – I don't think you can get as upset about falling to number three this year as you could in those years when there was clearly a franchise – game-changing, franchise-chasing, city-changing player like there was in those two years when Patrick Kane and Connor McDavid went first overall. Yeah, so I don't know. We should all take a collective breath here. Um, Somebody said still getting a top pick three. A top three pick is exciting, Jacob said in the chat. Yes, Jacob, thank you for bringing us back to earth because you're right. Um, It is really exciting. Even just that those moments where you – Oh my gosh, the Coyotes are in the top three, not even just the top four. That was a really exciting moment. So we have a lot to be positive about. It's a a lot to be excited about. And we'll see because now it's up to the Coyotes team next year to tank for that one. But let's not even get to that now. We'll just focus on what's right in front of us um, this year. Positive Yeah. I I couldn't agree more with the positive PD stuff because as I look at it too – and it, it's how they fit. And it is the development. It is the, the scouting staff that does make a difference. And we, we talked about Mitch Marner being picked after Strom. There is no guarantee that if Mitch Marner is playing in this organization at this time without the people around him and, and playing on a line with Austin Matthews, that he becomes the player that he is today. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's imperative that Bill Armstrong trust relies in the process, meaning the people he's hired to build what his vision is. A, what is a Bill Armstrong team? Build it. And I don't care if – look at Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler, the Coyotes picked at five. And I remember, and this is a true story, I sat there and looked through my guide going, who? Who? <laughs> like I flipped pages. He wasn't in the top 50. Who's Blake Wheeler? Well, Blake Wheeler's a hell of a good uh, right winger that drives the net hard. He's a captain of his team. He's a leader of the Winnipeg Jets. He would look great in a Coyote uniform right now. But on that day, you go, whoa. What, what's that pick? So as long as they hold true to what their plan is and what fits the Coyotes' mold and what the team they want to build is, this is going to be fine. And if it's big and strong, there's a big and strong defenseman out there and there's a big, strong winger out there. And there's even a couple of a couple of centermen that are well over six feet that might fill the mold. And maybe they get picked at, at 25 or 32 or wherever they're going to pick in the, those last two picks. They have right. so many opportunities to get the guys they want that fit in those brackets, like Tim Bernhardt told us, that I think they're going to be fine in the draft. It's okay that it's third. It's going to be okay. Of, of any year, I'm telling you, this yeah, is the year to go. This is the year. It's okay. This is it the is. Year. It's okay. And and I want to go back to something AJ from DNBR Avalanche said. Feels like a bummer now, but whoever gets drafted at three is Arizona's top prospect immediately. Franchise better gets better no matter what. So he's right about that. And you look at how bad Colorado was. <laughs> Ten years ago. Yeah. Seriously. I know you're and right. He said Landeskog and McKinnon. Maybe this is our 
Landeskog this year and the McKinnon is coming next year, but even more so. And so. how painful and what they went through. That is a that wasn't that long ago. It's not. And AJ can tell you that those those lean years in Colorado were lean. I mean, they were bad. And it just took a couple of drafts, a couple of good prospects, and you get a couple of good free agents around them, throw in a goaltender and a coach, and boom, away you go. And now, I tell you what, they're rolling in these playoffs. And all the teams that we said on our show, how brilliant we looked a week ago, some of those teams are struggling. The Colorado Avalanche are not one of them. They, uh, they And right now, they're going to get healthy, which is huge right now. They're not banged up other than Kemper. Kemper's got a few days before he has to play again. So... Things look bright for the, the Colorado Avalanche right now. But the Colorado Avalanche got Nathan McKinnon. You still need that guy at That's the next top. Year. So right. Colorado, Colorado still got lucky and got the top pick. You don't get that guy. The entire narrative of the Colorado Avalanche changes. Kale McCarr is a great player at number four. Obviously, that redraft would be really interesting to see. He might go number one overall. But he would for sure, wouldn't he? Yeah. He, yeah. He's I the would best think. number four. He might oh be my, one of the he's best. He's been ridiculous in this postseason. He Just might be ridiculous. the best number four pick all time. Well, in the last 20 years, for sure. Kale McCarr. Do you have that number four graphic? The draft? Yes. There's the top at number four. Look at Nicholas Backstrom was a number four pick. Wow. Not, not a bad player. Stanley Cup winner. Kale McCarr, maybe. Is he going to win a Stanley Cup someday? Maybe. These are all number four. So, again, it just shows there are and is hope yes. after number one. And that year, the Kale McCarr, I mean, we're talking Nico Hischer, Nolan Patrick, and Miro Heiskanen went ahead of Kale McCarr, yeah. who is and, arguably the best. And meanwhile, the, the other... Can you pull that up one more time? Sorry. The other number four picks on that list, just for the audio listeners, Mitch Marner, Alex Pietrangelo, and Ryan Johansson. So a handful of really good players. Pietrangelo has won a Stanley Cup. So a lot of Stanley Cup winners on that list. You just never know um, what could happen yeah, later. Brady Kachuk and Evander Kane are a couple guys that didn't quite make all the right on the fringe of that list. There are some really good players. And that's at four. And we yeah. say it every year. And it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty on the draft, and Tim Bernhardt said it too. If you redrafted every draft over the last 20 years, the top 10 would look completely different. I'm telling you, every single year the top 10 would look different. They just yes. would. So it's a matter of getting your scouts, your general manager, everybody on the same page, and getting the right guy for your team. That's what's so important here. So even at three, that's a franchise-changing player for this team in particular. And add them with Dylan Gunther, who right now is one of the top scorers in the Canadian juniors. Yeah. Like Matthias Michelli, we saw how he grew. Carconi, see how he grew. You've got five defensemen under 25. The pieces are starting to fall in place. Not for next year and not probably the year after that. But three, four, five down, the building blocks are starting to come. So there is hope. There is hope, Coyotes fans, even though the ping pong dolls didn't fall the right way today, there's hope. Yeah, and they can get a lot of good players with the picks that they have. Again, they have seven picks in the top 45 of this draft. And, I mean, they, I've, I've said this so many times, and I'm going to get a, a lot deeper into this as the uh, offseason rolls along, but this is the most complete, most experienced scouting staff that I have seen in Arizona Coyotes history. Does that mean that they're going to execute on those picks? Nope, because it's still somewhat of a crapshoot when you're talking about 18-year-old kids. But they've given themselves numbers. They've put the right people in place. They've invested in the right area. So they've given themselves a much better chance to hit on some of those picks. And they will hit on some of those picks. So we'll start to see some of the building blocks in the in the years to come. Not, again, like Petey said, not next year, but 
two years down the road, three years down the road, you're going to start to get a sense of the Coyotes' future. And hopefully at some point, this team gets lucky and gets that game-changing center at the top of their lineup that they haven't had since Jeremy Roenick left town. Well, first of all, and we're, somebody write a note down somewhere, make sure Leah brings the damn crystals next year. <laughs> because, Seriously. again, if it's going to happen, Seriously. next year's year, we need – like, next year, start getting We your might have to get out now. the sage next year. We'll get the sage, do a clearing, because the next year is utterly important. And Elliot Richardson brought up a good point a few minutes ago about how you talked about the pieces falling into place and you don't see how you can have hope. Here's a concern. And oh, I, no. I, I know I've been negative positive PD. PD. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Positive What's PD all along. Going to be a little negative here. Okay. Here's a concern. This team was kind of good. <laughs> and this team was kind of good without a lot of guys in the lineup. What happens when these guys come back? And now you've got a McBain, who I think is going to be a, a good center, whether they put him in Tucson or in this team or not next year. Nathan Smith brought a spark to this team. Michelli, Carconi all brought sparks, but that meant there was a lot of NHL players that didn't play. What happens when they're back and everybody's healthy? And now you're talking about Connor Tibbins and whether Chikrin gets traded or not, if he's gone, he's going to bring pieces in return. This team to me today in May planning for next October does not look like a 31 or a 32 place team. I'm yeah. afraid they might be a little bit too good. We'll see about that. But that's, then again, so that's not, let's not cross that bridge right but now. But then again, baby. it goes back. Right now, I want to focus on something else. you got to be bottom 11 and win the lottery. Starting a new hashtag, Leah's fault. What? <laughs> oh, Geeky. my. There, I, did I, you see Connor Geeky? Who said Connor Geeky? Yeah. Somebody did Antonio. mention Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky. I like Connor Geeky, too. And, and, and this brings up the other point. When you talk about size up the middle, Connor Geeky. Connor Geeky's another guy. He's over six feet tall. What a great He's about name, 190 too. pounds right now, and he's only getting bigger. I, I, he, the kid, I tell you what, the kid, the one thing I like about Connor Geeky. There it is. Leah's fault. (laughs) He's got, Connor Geeky's got swagger. He's got the great salad. He's got the (laughs) mullet and he's got swagger. I, I don't mind Connor Geeky. I don't think he's going to be a three. I think he's going to be a top 10 pick. But again, you talk about a size up the middle. Who knows? Draft for need. What fits your team? And maybe it's Connor Geeky. Leah's not happy with me right now. Craig, I'm going to pay for this. I'm going to pay for this. I'm chirping you. (laughs) Your crystals had no impact on the day. Let's just put it that way. Well, we'll see because last time I brought them to the office, actually, maybe the. So one day I brought them to the office and the Suns won and the D backs won and the Coyotes won. Maybe it wasn't so good that the Coyotes won. But you're saying it was your fault? You know what? I'm not confirming or denying any responsibilities, <laughs> but we'll see how the Suns will do tonight because they are playing in game five. It's a really big game and we got the NHL playoffs up here on this screen, which, by the way, if you're a Coyotes fan, you probably want Carolina to lose to so you can have a higher pick in the first round. So we'll keep an eye on that as it goes. That's also, I think, in game five tonight. So a lot of big game fives going on tonight. And if you Want to get in on some betting action? You can do so at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And this week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. If they do, you can also turn a small bet into a big big payday during the NBA playoffs with same-game parlays. And right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 
If one leg doesn't hit, so be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And by the way, I'm sure they'll do this during the NHL draft because they did a lot of this in the NFL draft. There's like draft props that you can bet on which is crazy um so keep an eye on the drafting sportsbook app for that and pd you're talking a lot about are the coyotes going to be better than we think next year we'll see what the DraftKings wow, odds are that. for the team futures oh yeah i won that one this year by the way it was plus over 65 points oh yeah and i took the under. oh yeah the the Yay. point totals you can do the that. point totals but also just the team odds and coming into this year the coyotes had the worst odds of any team so we'll see how they're ranked going into next year on the odds to win the cup yeah but like the but like the bottom i mean everyone i'm not not telling people what to do with their money don't bet on that no i'm not saying it but you can (laughs) just say they they say they have the worst odds so (laughs) maybe are they gonna have the worst odds again and i think i can recall a time we were sitting here before the beginning of neck of this past season saying i don't know is this team as bad as we think and then they were for a stretch of time the roller coaster has finally ended it's over. Listen, like the roller coaster of this season, I think today officially ends. This is I'm just it. dying at all these hashtags that are coming up. There's crystals and hashtags now. It's it's a, it's great. This is good stuff. Coyote's Jay- future, it's yeah. hashtag crystal clear. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's I love good. that one. That's really good. Actually. Hashtag crystal clear. Love it. Petey, Petey, you know who's here in the bowels of GRA with me right now? I uh, give up. Stan? Nope. It's the governor. Jerry Brown. The Governor Jerry, Jerry Brown? <laughs> the Governor Jerry Brown. Wow. Is that? Yep. Another my, former my Coyotes mentor. My Coyotes mentor, Jerry Brown, from the old East Valley Tribune sitting in the house here. Another former beat writer and That's right. travel warrior reporter of the in the olden days. In the olden days, back the in America West. Yep. Wow, what the hell is it? Wow. Yeah, sorry I didn't make the trip out to Glendale with you there. <laughs> It's better, although no, again, not. I'm still no, you're not. Beer, but I'm gonna have a beer in a minute. Yeah, that's what you guys are gonna be doing right while I go to the interview. I should probably head down to that interview very soon, by the way. So I'm gonna exit the show for a little bit and leave you guys to to carry the mail for a while here, and I'll be back uh, probably with Bill Armstrong. It appears uh, he has no other uh, post news conference obligations, so he should be able to join us pretty quickly. Okay, okay awesome. So Craig, we'll All see right, you in guys. a little bit. See you in a little bit, guys. All right. So Craig is departing right now. He's going to head to Bill's press conference, and then hopefully we'll get Bill live on our show, which would be great to ask him his immediate reaction to number yeah. three. You have to imagine they prepared for all scenarios. Yeah, and, and honestly, like for these guys, their their work has been ongoing. I mean, this is just a formality to see. Like they knew they were going to pick high in the draft, so they they they've been watching these players. They've been watching that top five ten. They know those players extremely well. This is just a formality. And honestly, now the pressure is almost off for Bill Armstrong now because now yeah. the pressure's on. It's on Montreal and New Jersey. Like, yeah, he's going to know. Like Bill's going to have his list. He's going to have his one to five, and he's going to go. Okay, I'm going to get one of these players. Like, hey, he's going to get the t- top three players on his board. He's going to get one of them. And honestly, he might not have them the same as Montreal and New Jersey. He might get the yeah. best player for this team yes. at three. So I think there's, I think they're extremely happy with what they're what they have to do. But now, 
It's not the the third pick you're wondering about. It's the one they're going to get from Carolina. Is that twenty five? Is the is you know thirty one from Colorado? Those are the picks that magically need to be like those are the ones they got to get to hit. Like if you can get one of those to hit or one of those second round picks to hit where you you find the guy. Wow! Like Pasternak got drafted in the twenties. Like if you find a Pasternak, yeah. Oh boy, howdy! Yeah, and, and that's where that's where the scouts earn their money, and that's the staff he's assembled. You got to get a couple of these guys right in this draft. Out of these high picks in the first three rounds, you got to get a couple of them. Not all of them. Got to get a couple. And I think they like where their tiers are. I, I really think this is a this is going to be. I mean, I'm knocking on wood. This is going to be the best draft for a Coyotes team in 20 years. That's not saying much, by the way. <laughs> So but I don't statistically, think, yeah. with as many picks as they have, they have to hit on some of them. And, and that was something that Tim Bernhardt said when he was here with us last week. There's not every team walks away from every draft saying we got our guy. And obviously it doesn't always work out that way. But when you can say we got our guy, when there's three picks in the first round and granted, you know, call it, we have uh, the Coyotes of Colorado's pick. So that could end up being a really late pick based on the tra- trajectory they're on now. By the way, Carolina's up one nothing on Boston right now, but it's only the first period of game five. But <laughs> but still, Clever. You, they, three picks in the first round? Yeah. That, like, imagine but again, you can't t- miss, though, because Boston did that at 14, 15, 16. And, who'd and they, only one of those are playing. And who'd they pick? Nebraska is the only one of those three who that are playing. Who were the other two? Do you remember? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> wow, I liked it better when Positive Petey made his appearance. Where'd you go? <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure it out, Lee, because what what makes it a draft player a success? Like, what what is it? Like, they got to play in the league first of all. That's a, a given. They've got to play, so that eliminates a lot of the guys that the Coyotes picked. But is Oliver Ekman Larson? Is that a win? See, I count that as a win. He's mm-hmm. a, he was picked sixth, sixth overall in his draft year. Plays over what is he? What is he at now? He's at over 800 games played. He was the captain of the team. That's a win. At six, yeah. Michael Bodker was picked picked in the first round at eight. Okay, Michael Bodker isn't Connor McDavid. I get it, but he scores two game-winning overtime goals in the 2012 playoffs. Without those goals, that team doesn't go on to the Western Finals. Again, that's a win. So, yeah, we you got to be really careful how you would rate these drafts. And even Dylan Strom, he's an everyday player, first-line center for the Chicago Blackhawks. Didn't pan out here. And we didn't see the success of him here in the Valley. He's a first-line center with Patrick Kane and Alex Duprincat. Okay, he's a first-line center in the National Hockey yeah. League. What do you want from him? Yep. So, again, I think there's undue pressure on where these guys fall in the draft. If you draft a player that plays in your everyday roster in your 20, it's a good draft pick. That's what I think. Yep. And I think they they need to find a couple of those in this first three rounds that fall into that as everyday NHL players. And I'll go with to Barrett Hayton. That people say at five, gosh, you know, Barrett Hayton. Barrett Hayton's an everyday player right now in the NHL, and I think his bar is go slightly going up every year because he's got to stay consistent and he can't get hurt. But he's at, at five. If he becomes, even if he's a three, even if he's a number three center for this team as at a fifth overall pick, and he can play that way consistently for a decade, to win. It's a win because when this team's ready to have a team that's competing for a Stanley Cup, they'll slot the number two center and the number one center through the draft or through free agency, and Baron Hayden can play number three, and that builds a team. So I think we can't. everybody can't be the league's leading scorer. You can't. There's one guy that leads the league in scorer, but you need every team needs 20-plus players to be a part of their everyday moving forward, and, and I think that's where we get lost a little bit in the draft. Everybody wants that home run. You just need a guy that can play every day. 
and becomes part of your roster and contributes to the team. And those little pieces are what help you get over the hump and help you get into the playoffs and help you win. Definitely. Wow. That was, that was a good rant by you. And and by the way, staying on a little bit of negativity, but also because the Coyotes are picking third, maybe a little bit of positivity for Coyotes fans. There's been a lot of number one overall picks. Look at those names. By the way, I, I didn't mean to interrupt the Boston names I between know. AJ and Steven Weiss <laughs> trying to hit those names. Wait, yeah. Yeah, don't, don't have me try and pronounce Ooh. that. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they traded all over. I traded up to get those picks too. Whoops. Craig just texted us, we'll get Bill fast, which great. So okay. Bill Armstrong coming soon. By the way, and great because we all want to hear from Bill. We, these are one of those things that happened on live programming. Yes. How the hell are we going to do that? Is he going to wear the headset? You know. And then we're interviewing him? We'll figure it out as we go. Just like the Coyotes oh, are going to figure out what to do. But I wanted to bring it back to not every number one pick hits in history. And Craig, this is Craig Morgan's list. So you, if you have a problem with this list, take it up with at Craig S. Morgan on Twitter.com. So these are Craig's worst number one overall picks in the lottery era. Number one, Rick DiPietro. Number two, Nelly Yakupov. Number three, Patrick Stefan or Stefan. Stefan. Number four, Chris Phillips. And five, Eric Johnson. All of those players were number one picks. And I know they're over the course of 25 years or so. So not everyone is relevant to certain people depending on, you know, their age. But those were number one picks. And, and those players aren't players that I would ever have guessed were first overall picks. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And the one, the one Craig and a little, like Rick DiPietro, I honestly, I thought he had the potential to be the guy. He just couldn't stay healthy. Like he, he was all about the injuries. Like I actually, I don't know about picking a goalie first overall. That's kind of risky, but I didn't hate the pick. And, and I'm with AJ, like Eric Johnson, what do you want from him in his NHL career? Like he's still playing. Like how long ago was that draft? So, I, uh, by the way, AJ, that is Craigslist. Because yes, it, that is why the way, we... it's Craigslist. Huh, we, oh, I just got Craigslist. that. Craigslist. A, yeah. It's Craigslist. Oh. <laughs> um, we should start an app. Um, but, but, right, Eric Johnson, I don't think, is on that list because he still plays. Like, well, what, again, yeah. what do you want from a draft pick? Look at his career and how long and the longevity and how long he's been an everyday player in the National Hockey League. I, I don't know how he fits on that pick. So again, send all send all hate mail to at Craig S. Morgan. <laughs> the D. Pietro one's injury. The second one there, Nail Yakubov. Yeah, that's a miss. That's a swing and yeah. a miss. Swing and a miss with but, Nail Yakubov. But you have to remember, though, at the time, that was he was a highly touted prospect. So it's not like everyone was sitting there saying who. No, I, right? Again, you're right. You're right, and that's, again... And that's what Craig was saying. Maybe some teams are going to feel pressured to take Shane Wright at number one. I mean, there's definitely a thing where teams feel pressured to take, maybe, I don't know, I'm not inside a scouting office or GM's office, but where teams might feel pressured to take that player that's considered the best player in the draft, even if they're not either the best player in the draft or maybe they're not the best player for your team. And that's what will be really interesting about this draft with a with New Jersey moving up and there's a comment um, I saw from somebody like maybe New Jersey will take a defenseman, you know, and, yeah. and you look at Montreal, they have a lot of small forwards, skilled forwards, but you look at Cole Caulfield, like that's a yeah. smaller player. Do they want to draft a smaller five ten player in Logan Cooley? Yeah. I mean, Shane Wright's one, so kind of some size there, but not incredible size. What do they want? What is their priority? And though all of those things are going to factor in to what falls to the Coyotes at three. And maybe at three, the Coyotes will even have a hard decision to make. And maybe they'll have 
you know, two guys that they really like and they have to it's it's an actually going to be an abundance of riches for them. You never know. Yeah. It, it, again, it, it goes back to drafting. F- not by the headlines. And I've said this tongue in cheek, too. I, I think, Leah, you and I could go to the draft floor by the hockey news on the way in and we can draft the first 10 picks because everybody this is the first 10 picks. Okay. I'll just follow the magazine and go 10 for 10. It's, it's the next pick. It's yeah. 11 through the end of the seventh round. Those are the hard picks. Not everybody's seeing, everybody sees those top 10. Everybody knows the top 10. Everybody's talked about those top 10, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley talked about them, but it's, it's, can you find that Connor Garland in the third round? Can you find, um, Brian Rust? Can you find that player in the fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh round? Michael so Ben Bunting? McCartney is a seventh rounder. Michael Bunting? Exactly. Can you find that player? Yeah. And that's where that's where your scouting staff and GM, that's how important that is. And so like, again, that's why you got to tune into the draft. It's not just Cooley, right? Slavkowski. Braden Point, that's another good one. A, a later pick. That- yeah. And if you get Braden Point, hoist of the cup. Because yeah. He's a big part of what they do offensively and a highly gifted, skilled player, third-round pick. So I think this year for the Coyotes, yes, that number three player is going to be a great player. He's going to be a guy that helps this franchise. But I think they're going to be able to get more players in later rounds because of their scouting staff and because of the number of picks that they have. By the way, we have streamers. I forgot we had streamers and decorations. I know. You can't see our really fancy decoration. I know, and I worked so hard to tape it down there, but there's like NHL confetti that PD actually bought at the beginning of the season for to celebrate the Coyotes' first win because they had gone winless in 11. I think they ended up winning their first game. Was it a show we did at home? Yeah. <laughs> or was Craig here and he we didn't want to have house. a party? We were against Seattle. Mm. Do we... Did... Sean, did you... Did you rebuild that top 11? Did you actually put the teams in? Because we should probably tell people, maybe people coming in late. Recapping what's recapping. happened so far. Yeah, we can definitely recap what's happened recap. so far. And if he doesn't have the graphic, that's okay because we can talk about it. So Montreal stayed at number one. New Jersey jumped all the way up to number two. The Coyotes fell to three. Um, and then I need to find the updated list because I only have the old list now. Do you have the updated one? I have not been on top of this. Look at you bringing up topics when we're not prepared. Was Phil? Yeah, who is that then? Four Seattle, five Philly, six Chicago. Chicago didn't move. That was that was a big one, I think. Yeah. Okay, so we got Montreal at number one, New Jersey at number two, Arizona number three, Seattle four, Philadelphia five, Columbus six, Ottawa seven, Detroit eight, Buffalo nine. And Anaheim 10, and nobody else had moved in these. So San Jose 11, Columbus 12, Islanders 13, Winnipeg 14, Vancouver 15. 16 was the Vegas one that transfers to to Buffalo. So um, So that's two picks in the top 16. Yeah. Here, should we get producer Sean's input on on Buffalo? How do you feel, Sean? I mean, they've given me no reason to believe that they're going to do anything with these picks because the one pick that they did have that was a franchise player um, now plays for the Golden Knights. So I don't know. Sean is also jaded, much like how Coyotes fans feel. I think Buffalo Sabres fans probably feel very similarly. Well, well, Craig is out there doing his job and we are, I'm just shuffling through our graphics and seeing some of the things we've done. The worst number one picks of all time. Do we do the top? 
We didn't one. actually show it. I mentioned some of them before, but because we can I, show I, I want to do the number one because this is again, you, you talk about how important it is to get one at some point in your franchise. It's kind of important. Yeah, and you see those top three have all lifted the Stanley Cup. Yep, and the next two hope to raise the Stanley Cup, and Austin will do it when he becomes an Arizona Coyote. In 2028, when he becomes a coyote. <laughs> Tinfoil hats, put them back yeah, on. The back-to-back games, ASU will host the national championship at three, followed by the Coyotes at seven, with your Captain Austin Matthews <laughs> spinning the wheel. Um, and then, can we go to the top number two picks in the lottery era? These are some really good hockey players, too. Like this, at number two, Victor Hedman, that's a, that's a good hockey player. Yeah. And he's Evgeny Melkin. We talked about the ability to get high picks, and it doesn't have to be a one pick. You just need Crosby Melkin's a two. You got Mark Andre Fleury. Drew Doughty was a number two pick for the LA Kings, wins the cup. Barkov's a number two pick. And Gabriel Landeskog's a number two pick. All of those guys are leading their teams right now. Like right now. So, yeah, two, three. I, I think the Coyotes should be happy at three. There are some really good players in this year's draft. They are going to help this Coyotes team. And now the next step is the draft. Leo, where are you going for the draft? Hopefully Montreal. Wow. We'll see. Um, July 7th and 8th is the draft. Today is what's today? May 10th. So we're just under two months away. And we mentioned it before, but we will have Corey Promen on the show tomorrow, which is great timing because let's start getting into these prospects now. And by the way, I know AJ's been in our comments all the time. I want to give him a shout out. He and Rudo do a great job following prospects. So... Um, we'll get some insight from them in the coming months as well. They have a lot of great insight, but we'll have Corey Promen on the show. We're going to get Craig Button back on the show. We're going to get Chris Peters back and on the show guest. and a surprise draft Closer expert draft. in June. So stay tuned for that. that that's what we're going to be talking about for the next two months because a lot of draft stuff, a lot of draft stuff, but it's all about the future. And Carolina just scored another Tony goal. D'Angelo, former Arizona Coyote. Coyote. And Annette Antiranta, former Coyote. Former Coyote. I feel uh, Carolina, I think, has the most former Coyotes of, of all the teams in the playoffs right now. You know, how's my picks going here? I know AJ and their staff at Carolina. I took Boston. I took Boston, too. We'll but, see. you know, I, have, we'll I haven't been great on my picks so far. But um, Craig mentioned the story that he published today about, you know, it's okay that the Coyotes don't pick number one. And, you know, if you need some... Therapy, if you need to take a deep breath and calm down and read that story at gophnx.com because it does make a lot of great points. And he did talk to some of the draft experts that I just mentioned that we've had on our show and will be coming back on our show. Um, so if you want to read that and you haven't yet, head over to gophnx.com. If you're not a member, sign up today, get an annual member shirt, membership. And I combine that with shirt because you can get a shirt when you do. You can get either this one, the Cody the Coyote. PD's wearing his PHNX shirt. We also have hats. Um, and then members also get weekly deals on merchandise as well and access to the members-only Discord where we're chatting in there every single day. So there's a lot of great perks becoming a member. Join the family. The Suns are on their playoff run. Gerald is out at every single Suns game, um, home and away. So tons and tons of great content there um, for at gophnx.com. So join, join the family. A lot of fun stuff. Yeah, and then we start getting ready for the draft because, and I'll say this while we're continue to add, if you want to talk about hockey in the state of Arizona, there's not a lot of places to hear about it. And between now and draft day, we have five shows a week. Between now and July, three live shows, two audio podcasts. Between now and July, 
and we're going to beat this thing to death. You're going to know the draft inside and out. You're going to have your little draft guide on draft day. You're going to know who the Coyotes should pick. We're going to fit where they're going to fit in the roster. We might project the roster five years from now, which might wow. actually be kind of fun. That so would be kind there's of fun. a lot of fun things coming up between now and July. Um, and we're just going to be talking hockey. We've got a lot more playoff stuff. we got around the NHL stuff. And I just say it again. If you're a hockey fan in Arizona, whether it's Coyotes, ASU, Roadrunners, and I'll follow those Gila monsters on their Wednesday night beer league too, but that's just me. <laughs> They're probably not getting the, getting the traction everybody else is. This is the only place to hear it. There just isn't any other hockey outlet in this state. So please listen in, grab a beer, relax, and listen and get prepared for the draft. Most importantly, grab the beer, yeah. which I did not do. <laughs> I know. I'm actually very... We should have had a cooler like on the floor you at think? our feet. Which I've done at home when we did those home shows at 8.30. Bring the cooler because <laughs> I know I can't leave. And, and and here's the other thing. We are not here by ourselves, right? Like this is... with studio in the daytime. We usually are not here during the daytime. There are people here, like right beyond that door. And I'm sure all of them are listening to our show bringing PD a beer right now. Right. (laughs) If you are in the office listening, please bring us beers. Yeah. When does the sun show start? Not for a few hours. Yeah. So there's no excuse, right? I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Well, as we wait for Craig and Bill Armstrong to make an appearance, we do have the updated graphic of what's happened so far. And I know we just went over it, but just in case you're joining in or, you know, need to remember. So the, the list on the left is the percentages to get the top picks. On the right is what actually happened. So as you can see, very little movement. To be honest, I'm surprised. I do. I, New Jersey did make quite a leap from five to two. But I do feel like in years past, there's been more movement than that. Like just chaos. Yeah. And I think that ability to not to only jump 10 spots was a was a huge adjustment. And too. I d- did you like that? I do like I that. did like that too. I do, Yeah, I don't think a team that gets 16th should get the first pick overall. No. If Vegas Golden Knights are playing for a, a playoff yeah, spot right Yeah, there are right teams the that almost day, made the playoffs. Yeah, they shouldn't get the first overall yeah. pick. They shouldn't. No. You should get some kind of reward. I know it, it avoids the tank. I get it. But how come how come the Coyotes can't move up? How, how come I can't have it? Like, never. Never. <laughs> one time never. It's actually unbelievable. And just, you know, while we're on the subject, let's go over some Arizona Coyotes drafting history. So we'll, we'll go backwards. So in 2021, the Coyotes finished 10th worst in the league, drafted 11. In 2019, finished 14th worst, drafted 14. So there was a year they didn't move. Same, the same. There you go. 2018, finished third worst, drafted number five, fell. 2017, finished third worst, Drafted number seven, fell or oh, fell to number or fell to number seven that they ended wow. up trading away. Uh, Twenty sixteen finished seventh, picked seventh. That was a Clayton Keller pick. So look at that, Clayton Keller. There we go. Top player on the Coyotes this year. He was a seventh pick. That was a so. good draft. That's Jacob Chickum, Cam Deneen. That was a good year. Yeah, great year. Twenty fifteen uh, finished second worst, picked three. That was the Dylan Strom. Two thousand and seven finished second worst, fell to number three. Picked Kyle Turris in that one, which we just talked about. That didn't work out so great. And then um, in 2004, finished fifth worst, did end up picking fifth. They picked Blake Wheeler in that draft. So if you just look at everything I just said, they either stayed the same or dropped. Never once. They're like, And I'm sure there's other teams that are sitting here on this day saying, why is luck never in our favor? But is there any team that's had worse draft lottery luck than the Arizona Coyotes? <sighs> truly I, I i don't know 
I'd like to think it's us, Eeyore. Oh, not so good. Come on, Gary. Gary Bettman, if you're watching this right now, look at me. <laughs> so wait, where is... where is where where's this? Where's the luck, Gary? Come on. I know it's not a conspiracy. I know it's not rigged. But Gary Bettman loves the Arizona Coyotes and wants this team to succeed. So please, Gary, help help us. And so we just brought up another name here. You bought Kyle Teresa. And I've heard this again. I get on my box again while we wait for for Craig. Kyle Turris, oh, that's a bust. A bust at three. Number one, Patrick Kane. Clearly, cream of the crop. If you redrafted it, Patrick Kane is still number one. Yeah. James Van Riemsdyk is two. Kyle Turris is three. Kyle Turris has played 776 games in the National Hockey League. Right after him, Thomas Hickey played 400. Carl Alsner uh, played just over 600. And Sam Gagne, who bounced around all over the league, including here, played 900. Like, Turris is in that group. Like, he yeah. is three, four, five, six. It's he so is hard. in that group. There's not like there was, you know, a, a, a franchise player right after him. I Again, it's what do you want everybody in the draft to be? You want them to be McDavid, McKinnon, Matthews. That's what you want. But you still need 20 players on a team. And if he plays, like, again, he's, 776 games in the NHL is a win. That's a win yeah. in a draft pick. So, it's not a bust. It's a win. Now, was it a win for the Arizona Coyotes? Probably not, because he left. Just like, <laughs> just like Blake Wheeler, not a win for the Arizona yeah, Coyotes. Yeah, someone said maybe Ottawa, but they're more like no luck than bad luck. That's fair. That's true. But at least Ottawa has, you know, made deep playoff runs. I feel like more so in the last fifteen years than the Arizona Coyotes have. Um, Charles said next year we should sneak Lee into oh. the lottery room and just put crystals all over the machine. What? Did you read your text? No, I did not. I think that means read your text. Okay. All right. Craig is calling in soon. He's calling in. And Bill is calling in, and Craig is walking back to a setup now. Okay. Well, so we're going to have, have Bill arms. Stay tuned. Voice. There you go. Well, how about that? Craig's calls. We wow. haven't done a Craig's calls Craig's in a calls. while, except wow. he's not going in the elevator anymore. Literally got a little nervous. What? Because we got to interview Bill now. I wasn't ready. But this will be Bill Armstrong's third time on this show. He's one of Is our... Is he a friend of the program? I think that officially makes Bill Armstrong a friend of the program. So what are some things that you want to know from Bill right now? Like, if, if you're a general manager of a team and you just found... Like, what what now? And I guess that's something we can ask him. Uh, honestly, right now, their work... Their, the heavy lifting is done. Like, they've seen the players. That's the hard part. Seeing yeah. the players going to what Tim Bernhardt said, 200 games. That's the hard part. Now it's okay. We get all the scouts in a room and the scouting meetings. I want to ask them when they, when they happened, if they haven't happened already. Now it's okay. We got to sit in a room. We'll get a whiteboard at the front. Let's start ranking these guys. Let's get our list together. And that's what the important heavy lifting is now. Let's what's our list. And I think not just what is the list of what we see as the 10, 10 best players, 20 best players, 50 best players in this draft. It's how do those 50 best players fit into this side of the chart into our death chart? How do they fit into what we're trying to build for the Arizona Coyotes? So he might be the best player at that position here, but you know what? It doesn't fit into what we're building yeah. here, so let's move by him and, and do our order. So I think for Bill today, I would imagine the rest of the day, I know, uh, was it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Tuesday? The rest of the Tuesday, he's going to go home and watch hockey. Like, There's not much he can do for <laughs> the draft true. in July. Today, the pick's over. He literally did nothing but watch TV just like we did. So now it's just getting his list together. Yep. And and I think you know we're going to hear from him what the process is between now and July for him and his staff. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that's the part I want to know. And I, and I don't think it's fair to go, hey, Bill, who are you going to pick at three? We can't ask him that. 
Like we can't. Like not today. You know, but I mean we could. We can. <laughs> I mean, we could. There's no one stopping us. We could. But <laughs> but I, I think now between now and July, he's got a lot of work to do. And I don't think the number three pick is hard work for him. I, I don't think that's where he's going to no. you know get, define his job and his outlook and that's something that was said in the comments is the picks between 20 and 40 that's the real work and somebody had said what about rounds two through seven and and that is something that we're going to be talking to these draft experts about like we said Corey prom and craig button chris peters and our special guest in june these are these those are the people who have been watching all of the players watch you know just because we all know about maybe the top 10 prospects Every single player that's getting drafted in 2022 has been watched by somebody. So there's people out there who are more knowledgeable than us that we will make sure that all Coyotes fans can hear from because that's who Coyotes fans are going to want to know about. And like we said, we have two months between now and the first and second rounds of, well, first through seventh rounds of the NHL draft. And we'll make sure that it's maybe to the point that well, Coyote fans can be watching the third round saying, oh, yeah, I know that name. Hopefully. Hopefully that's one, a place we can get you to. And uh, Craig is back. Craig, welcome back. What's up, guys? How did it, how'd everything go? We literally just sat here at dead air for the last half hour. We we're just waiting for you. Yeah. yeah, I figured you guys couldn't make it happen without me. <laughs> the show. I, I didn't think that at show. all. No, no. You guys run most of the show, let's face it. I'm, I'm here for like <laughs> well, Craig, 20% while, of the shows. While we wait for Bill, what was the, the energy and the mood like uh, at the press conference? The first question I asked him was, what's your reaction to getting number three overall? And he said, you're GM, you're a computer, you want to be number one. So he was he was honest about it, which you love, right? Just refreshing to hear. Yeah, no, you know, we're okay at number three. There's a lot of great players. And there are. We've, we've talked about all this. But he wanted to win. He wanted to win. He's a competitor. So there's a little disappointment. It's pretty clear that uh, Shane Wright would have been the guy had they picked number one. But now that it's number three, we'll wait and see. We're going to get him on here soon. I think uh, Bob Heathouse waylaid him in the hallway, so it may take him a oh, no. longer than it would have. <laughs> exactly. got him? We'll, we'll blame Heater. Yep. Jeez. Oh, Everybody pack a lunch. This could be a while. <laughs> yeah. The heater. Oh, so what's, uh, what's the reaction of Coyotes Nation so far? I think people are people are okay. I think people. I don't think it's group therapy. I think people are okay, and and I think, I, I and I think we're going to be a big part of that, Craig. I think we're telling them three is okay, and I think the player they that can help this franchise is still going to be there at three. I really believe that. Yeah, I do too. I and again, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with these guys three to five years down the road. It could change like that draft that we talked about with. Uh, Nico Hishier and Nolan Patrick at the top. If you redrafted that thing now, neither one of those guys would be at the top two. You know, there'd probably be three guys ahead of them in Kale McCarr, uh, Mira Heishkinen, and Elijah Pedersen. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it could be one of those drafts. You just never know. Um, you know, it, another interesting question that was asked of him is Does this relieve some pressure on you because you don't have to take the guy that everybody expects you to take he's like well listen i think everybody knew who number one was going to be but at the same time he's assembled this draft staff uh, the scouting staff this this was his first priority when he took over as gm he said said when he interviewed when he did the interview after he was hired he was walking across the parking lot thinking what's going to differentiate me from every other gm in the league well, it's going to be that I'm going to assemble the most complete scouting staff that this organization's, or what? Not not from every other GM in the league. Sorry, from previous GMs, the Coyotes. I'm going to assemble the best scouting staff that has ever been here, 
And the advantage that Bill has that other GMs didn't have was he was a scout. He did it for a couple decades. He really understands the business inside out. So he went about and and did it. Grant, you have to give uh, ownership some credit, too, for giving him the resources to get there, right? Otherwise, you you can't assemble that staff. So those two things paired together, you bring in Daryl Plandowski, you bring in Ryan Jankowski, you bring in Larry Plo, um, you bring in a number of other really Alan Heppel, another a bunch of experienced scouts that have been around. Bill just made the point. We got four guys here that have picked number one overall. So you got a lot of experience on this staff. Now it's time to put it to work. But you brought up a good point, Craig. And, and you go back through Coyote's history. There's a couple of things that preclude them from being able to draft well and develop well. One is money. And you look through the Don Maloney era the Dom, Dom Maloney was kind of handcuffed with what he could do because it was run by the league. So, yeah, yeah his scouting staff was incredibly pared down. You talked to him, but he had, he had one part-time scout in, in, in all of Europe. Like, Yeah, like who was like 26 with yeah. no experience. So, Based in the Czech Republic, hey, you got all of Europe. Good luck. Like, you so can't, I think you that's can't part of it. That Money is clearly part of it. So you need the, an owner that believes in it. Two, you need a general manager that believes in it because there are general managers out there I'm telling you, and may or may not have had some in this organization that maybe don't believe as much in scouting because they feel they're the eye test, that they're the guy that that, that is making that call, and they don't want to assemble people around them because they want to do it themselves. So I think that that's a GM that's got to understand it, the position, trust the position. Two, you need an owner that's willing to fund and pay for that position. Then three, you got to go find the right people that are experienced enough to build the right staff, be able to get those picks, and then... You need to develop those guys with a good, strong hockey development staff. And that includes everybody from strength and conditioning to nutrition to mental health coaches to people that travel around and watch these kids develop from the time now they're 17, 18 until they're ready to play in the league. There are so many dominoes that need to fall in place to get a kid ready to play in the National Hockey League. And I don't mean that for Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Here's a sweater kid. Go play for those guys. But the, but it's the picks, like Craig said, it's a 20 to 45 picks that, okay, now the, We've got to get this kid and groom him into what we want to build here. And I think this is the first time that all of those things are lining up for this franchise. And I and I mean from a scouting staff to a GM believes in that, the owner is willing to pay for it, to a development staff that's there. All of those pieces are falling into place. Again, no guarantees, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of work that needs to be done. But this is the first time that everything in those in that chain is all yeah. pulling the same way. And that, again, as somebody on the outside looking in, gives you hope because those are the pieces that need to be in place to build the Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, L.A. Kings, all of those teams that have good drafts, good development, and then they finally are able to put it all together and win a Stanley Cup. I'm not saying plan the parade down Van Buren quite yet. I am saying that they are doing things the right way for right now, and that gives us hope, and that's why you stick around and stay tuned for the next few years. You know, and I've had talks with some of the scouts from Daryl Plandowski or Ryan Jankowski about this as well. And you can, you know, you can you can underplay this a little bit when you say, well, Bill's got scouting experience, that it's good to have him in the GM chair. It's not just that he understands the business, so he's going to be able to find the right people. He understands everything that these guys are going through on a day-to-day basis. He gives them credit. Like when I've written stories about J.J. Mosier, our Karel Vemelka this season, he's been quick to point out the scout that was responsible for finding them, but he's also there to just 
lend his expertise, his experience to them, and he understands what they're going through on a day-to-day basis. Daryl Plandowski said it to me. He said, that's one of the biggest reasons I came here, Craig, because I knew he understands the job. He really understands the job at every level, and that gives you a lot of faith that the decisions that get made are going to be the right decisions. Excuse me. Yeah, it's so true, and, and I, I feel sitting here right now, and even though maybe some people are feeling a sense of disappointment, there is also that sense of hope, and that's a feeling that, as a Coyotes fan, I haven't had for a long time, and, and I, I trust Bill Armstrong, I trust his scouting staff, and um, by the way, if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to our interview with Tim Bernhardt, which was last Wednesday, um, he was here live. You can also listen to it on audio or on YouTube, but he really, really explains what goes into scouting um, and what goes into a draft day. So if you want some more insight on, into what's happening now in the Coyotes scouting and GM room and what, what's going to happen in these next two months and what's going to happen on July 7th and 8th, um, it was really great insight. So give that a listen. And Tim was the director of amateur scouting for the Arizona Coyotes. And, you know, and and he's an expert, has been in this industry for a long time. And you talk about the scouting staff now, that's even more experienced than what was then. And that scouting staff hit on some amazing players. We talk about Connor Garland as one. And say, here, he, here is, he is, by the way. Craig, you get to roll it in. You ready, Craig? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Hello. Man of the hour. What's what going on, kids? Now? Is this how you, you upgraded from the chocolate bar you had earlier? <laughs> I, I thought it was just going to be you and me in the room. I didn't know this would be any Oh, people. no, this is a big deal. we got tens and tens of people listening right now. So, Bill, first off, um, take us through that minute. Like it, when when they pull up, and, and I I know I was part of this organization when the Connor McDavid draft went on, and you saw the Oilers card go up, and you go, oh shoot, not again. Yeah. How was that feeling for you? Just that moment when the card flipped over. Well, I mean, it's just settling into you know you're like oh kind of a little you know a little disappointed you know, but then you remind yourself, listen, you you know you, you have the odds of thirteen percent, you know, the percentages, it's you know, hey, listen, it's. You know, the odds it's getting there is just okay, you know. So I did the simulator. I was saying that earlier all day. It was like three, four, three, four, three, four, three, four. And then it was like one every 10 times. So I, I kind of had come to the conclusion that we, you know, it's like one in a million that you're going to get that. So uh, uh, long time before it happened, yeah. But but for you, Bill, most of the – we talked about this on the show. And, and first of all, there's a lot of good players in this draft. And, and I think that Coyotes fans can be excited at, at the three spot. But for you and your scouting staff, the heavy lifting has been going on literally yeah. for years, right? Like this isn't about today. No. I mean, listen, the, the guys in the draft now, our, our staff is very experienced. They've watched these guys for the last, you know, two to three years. And, and I think our advantage – is also the fact that we've known we've been kind of picking the top 10 the whole entire year and had great coverage um, and had the debate all year long about this, you know, where we're going to pick. So I think that gives us a little bit of an advantage. Um, you know, just there'd be some teams that maybe are surprised they're kind of up in, in some of the ranges and, you know, or we're not, um, we, we've been prepared for it. So um, it's exciting. I mean, listen, you know, if you look at some of the past drafts, the, the best player wasn't taken at one. So, you know, we've got to do our homework and uh, we've got to go to go to work and and there's still some more work to be done with the evaluation. But uh, they're going to be great meetings. Um, and with the amount of assets that we have, we can also 
you know, impact the draft a little bit by moving up or uh, acquiring more picks uh, by taking on uh, cap space. I want to get to all that in just a minute, Bill, but I got to ask you about this experience today. Uh, In past years, the draft lottery is in, you know, you're sequestered in some studio somewhere and, you know, in secrecy, you can't, you can't reveal anything. Was it, was it better just to be at home, to be in Arizona for this whole thing? Or would you have rather been in that, that bizarre studio where, you know, they're on your every reaction, watching every move that you make? No, I I liked it how it was done today. Uh, I think, I think it was, it was, it was great, you know, Um, you know, because it's for us, you know, right now we're, we're out there trying to see players too. And, you know, and you can't you can't be everywhere. So with the Zoom, it's really nice. Uh, uh, but I thought they did a great job with it. It was exciting the way they did it. And, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's probably a better way that they've done it now. And uh, who would have known the pandemic would have to lead to a better way to do the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so- the lottery? We just talked to you about this in the interview room, but I want to rehash this for for all of our listeners who are, and our viewers who haven't heard this yet. Um, you just your reaction to getting number three and your thoughts on what might yeah. be available. You know, if you want to reveal your pick right now, we won't stop. Yeah, you I knew so. I knew Craig would would just say it. <laughs> the Coyote Select in the 2022. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I I think what I I like to do, you know, with our with our staff, you know, is with Ryan and Daryl do a great job. They they, they travel the the world and and they do it all day long. Uh, those guys have have been on the road the entire year, and it's. It's really not an easy place to be on with all the COVID restrictions, with the masks and all the airport. You know, you give those guys a lot of credit, but they have absolutely hammered it. And it's uh, it's exciting for us uh, to be at this point. And when you see that number three comes up, it's just like, OK, now we know where we're, we're picking. Now we know exactly what's coming our way, what we think. And uh, now it's time to do planning and strategy and let's go to work. And, you know, I, I don't get too rattled about it just because the sense that I've been in the drafts for years and they sometimes you know you're like oh I really really you know want this certain area to pick and you know you get the other area and and you do better so I think it's just the way that it works and you just accept it and and move on and uh, go to work. So what happens now obviously um, there's still two months till the draft now you know number three for sure and we'll see how everything else falls for the rest but what happens between now and July 7th for your you and your scouting staff? Yeah, well, th- this is the way when you when you stand up and you know we announce the the third pick overall, you, you really want to have a good feeling um, in your gut about the pick. And for me, the way that we've always done that it was extensive research, um, analytics, video, uh, meeting the player constantly, um, also you know meeting his his family, going right into their homes and and getting to know them a little bit, see how they treat their siblings and their parents and take them to dinner and hang around with them for a bit. Um, So to answer that, you really got to know the player. You've got to dig in in every facet. Uh, You got to do extra research and talking to his coaches and, you know, who's had him on the, you know, the Olympic or the U18 team and really have a great understanding of that player. So when you stand on stage and you announce him, you know that player inside and out, you know, from psych work, your doctors have done on them to the five sources of, of background information that the scouts have found out um, to scrubbing their social media. Uh, you want to have that good feeling inside your heart that you know this kid inside and out, almost like you know your own son. Well, and that's what I think Coyotes fans, especially with you, Bill, that, that this is a unique position for a general manager of this organization that's actually 
been in those shoes and walked that yeah. beat. And you've, you've literally done that and you understand how important that is. And I think that's important for the fans here to understand that you see the value and how under, understand how important it is. We had Tim Bernhardt in last year, former director yeah. of scouting, and you know him through your travels, obviously. And something surprised me. He said they build their list, and I just assumed because I'm naive, you have seven yeah. rounds, you got 30 players, there's 210 guys on your list. And he said, no, we don't have 210 guys on your list. You pick your spots where you're going to draft, and you pick a group around that. Can you tell us yeah. what that process looks like because you have so many picks in those first three rounds? Yeah, well, I'll tell you a story about it. So normally when you go to the games at this time of the year, you know, the other staffs look at you and go, oh, he's here. He's looking at this certain player because they have a pick in this range. Wow. Um, but, you know, he's not watching the other guy because they're not close to that. We have so many picks, they have no idea why we're there. <laughs> yeah. We got him on the top end. We got him on the bottom. We got him in the middle. Like, we're... So, so they, so I, it's just such a great advantage, but, um, you, you know, when you look at your list, you know, you're not, if you're picking at, you know, for, for years, when I was with the blues, we picked around the 20 to 26 range and you're not worried about the top 15 because none of those guys are coming your way. You're just really honed into what's around the group that you think is going to be there. And, and you really got to dig into that and perfect that order. And that's where the background and all the stuff comes into play. And your analytics come in that ask questions and, you know, what you really want to get accomplished. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, when you have multiple picks, you know, for us, if you, if you, if you, if you look at that area at the end of the first, early second, there's a good chunk in that in that range that we're going to be picking whether it's in the late first or early second they're all in the same range so it gives us a little bit of an advantage and we can be more aggressive in the sense that like i'll give you an example if there's a risky player you know and you're only picking you only have one pick at 56 it's hard to take that guy where we're not as worried about it because of simple fact that we have seven we still have to hit on the pick but you know, if you got a couple guys that are in the bank already, and you feel good about, you know, hey, these guys are going to play, um, you know, let's 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 swing for the fences here right now, and, and we can do that. So, when you look at this draft, and maybe this is diving a little too deep in the weeds, but there's been a lot of talk about there's you know there's a a group of players right at the top that are close in ability. I don't know what that number is. Yeah. Say it's seven, seven or eight. What are the tiers of this draft? So maybe if it's seven or eight deep at the top, what's the next tier before it starts to drop off again? What's what's your sense of that? Um, that's that's interesting on this one. I I don't know if I can explain it that way. I would just say that after five, it's going to spray where the media will be like, oh wow, that guy I didn't you know I didn't see that you know. Um, it's just it's just one of those years. It's going to get to the five, and after that, you're going to see what we call some crazy Ivans come into play here, where you're just like, whoa, <laughs> you know. Uh, of the- say, hey, you could have got him at thirty. You didn't have to take him at six, you know. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those drafts. It's going to spray. Does, There's gonna be- is some of that come in because of the pandemic and the difficulty scouts have had over the last 14, 16, yeah. 18 months. Yeah, the pandemic has really had an effect on some of the kids. Like if you go to the OHL games and that, you know, the leagues, have, you know, they didn't play for a whole year. It, it has an effect on kids, you know. Um, some of those kids have never been in playoffs in the OHL. So um, I, I do believe the pandemic has had some effect on, on some of the kids. Um, uh, but it's slowly getting it's slowly getting worked out. But there's going to be some kids in the draft that, you know, you, you take them in the seventh round and they're going to be really, really great players. 
they just didn't get a chance to play. So, When you look at what you had to go through this season, and I know you're a competitor, you were a player, so it's not fun to watch your team lose a lot. Is it nice to get that behind you and finally start this part of the process, basically phase two of the rebuild plan, where you can finally put some things into action and you you can see some progress taking you forward? Yeah, I, I mean, there, there are points of the season that it gets really, really tough. Um, we had some win streaks. We had some surprises at the end where we just had you know, down 4 nothing. <laughs> you know, you, you come back and, uh, you know, uh, there were just, just some amazing games at the end where we didn't really have a full lineup in and, you know, we just found ways to win. Um, I think when our team was built, you know, when we went 0-11, um, there were some scary times where, listen, we knew we weren't going to win the, the Stanley Cup, but we thought we could be competitive with the group. Um, and there were some scary times and we were very fragile and that's tough to go through. Um, but to finish on the high that we did in the amount of players on our team that had success and had better seasons than the year before, that was an exciting time. But, but this is the next stage of it where it gets even more exciting because we have the ability to go out there and draft some, some good players and, and make impact and make an impact on our organization. Um, um, so this is a fun time if you're a scout, you know, the worst thing as a scout, I was saying this earlier is that a scout with a good list and no picks, that means he spent the entire year traveling the world for nothing and nobody will ever know how good his list was. Um, that's not the case with the Coyotes. Uh, we get we get a chance to swing for the fences here. Bill, along with the draft, and in your job, you wear many hats. So you've got the draft, and I, we know that's been the focus of today and for the next two months. But you also have to start looking at signing some players that were on the team yep. from this year. And you also have to start looking at, you know, into the future of free agents. You have to build a franchise and a, and a group of 20 players to play next fall. When can fans start to expect to see some of that movement, too, in the next few weeks, few months? Yeah, yeah, you're you're starting to see it. So, I mean, the process is now is just reaching out to some of our guys that need contracts, um, and you know, starting to, to make that, uh, you know, and starting to get get talking and, and get negotiating and, and start start working on some of those deals. So, it's a never ending quest to kind of keep your team, you know, uh, building and moving forward. Um, obviously, the Kraus and the, and, and the Hayden's up, and there's a few other guys uh, along with them that we have to sign, and we'll continue to do that from now till the draft. Um, so that's a process that goes on. It never stops. I mean, I think the planning for the draft's important, but there's also, you know, using your salary cap space and and you know doing those deals are also important for the franchise too. So there's a lot of work still to be done. Last one. Uh, for me, Bill, and I know we let you get going. It's been a long day. So, in your office behind you, do you have like? Are you like us? Do you have like? Do you have all the cardboard boxes folded up behind you? Do you call all your buddies and say, "Hey, do you have a pickup truck? Um, everybody, meet at my office." <laughs> like, is moving days imminent here? Is it all hands on deck to get a, get out of Glendale Arena and all the offices cleaned out? You know, I used to own a pickup truck, and uh, I get rid of it. <laughs> Um, because not that I didn't like the pickup truck is because everybody and their mother would call me to move stuff. <laughs> so because I've went through that in my lifetime, my savvy savviness as a GM is that I have scheduled all my important meetings out of town um, <laughs> when we are moving. So I have no responsibility. And when I would just show up at the new office and it'll be just like this, 
Presto. That is fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. That's absolutely, that's the boss right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking some time out of what can I, ima- I can imagine is a really busy day for you. And hopefully we'll get to talk to you at least one more time before July 7th. So thanks That'd again for taking the time. We really appreciate having you on. Thanks. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. Thanks, Bill. All right. That was Bill Armstrong, general manager of the Arizona Coyotes. Thank you. Now been on the program three different times, which is amazing. Um, I think that officially makes him a A friend of the program. A friend of the program. So hold as we get back to the big screen here, (laughs) recapping what's happened so far. Arizona will be drafting with the third pick. So I, you know, listening to Bill talk. Sounds like, you know, they have a plan. There's work to be done. And I, have, I feel I feel very confident. I do. And he understands the importance of scouting and the importance of drafting. I have complete confidence in this and what direction they're going. I can't wait for the draft now. Yeah. Two months. I- Two months. We'll prepare everybody. Yep. We'll talk about it. And on that note uh, about that scouting staff, now I can dive into the the type of writing that I love to do the most, some some really deep dives. I'm going to do something on the scouting staff. And then once they make all those picks... I'm going to look at development because that's an equally important part of this whole process that gets often overlooked. I think it's often been overlooked by this franchise, uh, and that's been part of the problem. Sometimes it wasn't the guys they drafted. It was the development that came afterward that cost them the most. So lots of uh, interesting content that I want to dive into this summer. But we've been on the air for like an hour and 40 minutes, guys. Yep. So it's it's probably time to call it. Thank yeah, you, we gotta everybody. we got to be back here tomorrow live. Us. Yeah, that's right. With Corey Pronman, that'll be a, a great show. Love to get Corey's thoughts. Well, we're asking it. specifics tomorrow. We're asking yeah, names. We're, we're asking right players. So if you want to hear some of the names that these Coyotes could be picking at three, we will be talking about them tomorrow. I promise. Absolutely. So that's that's what's going to be coming from here on out. That will be live tomorrow at 1130 a.m. here on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Everyone, thank you so much for watching it. It made it so much yeah. more enjoyable to watch it with a community. Um, thank you all for your comments, for the pack therapy. And f- please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We can continue the conversation as well as in the members only discord. And I feel like I need to now take a, a yep. minute to debrief, maybe have a beer. Yeah, I'm still going to rub it in. Go ahead and rub it no, in. Yeah. Nobody heard our cry for for a beer. We, we requested one. Suns. But yeah, I the know. Suns game is tonight. So everybody, we really, really appreciate you being here with us. Like we said, we'll be back at 1130 a.m. tomorrow. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts um, so you don't miss an audio episode either. Every live show is also on audio. So if you want to listen back again tomorrow, you can. Or listen to the Corey Plumman interview tomorrow on audio. You can. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter, like I said, at phnx underscore coyotes. And we'll see everyone tomorrow. <sighs> Goodbye.